Hello, friends. Welcome back to WRPX, your wrestling revolution podcast. We have a long show today because the G1 Climax from New Japan Pro Wrestling is going on right now. We have four shows that we need to talk about, and that goes down to six matches per show. That is a lot of wrestling that we've been watching for the last week. So let's get to it. I, I'm not going to go exactly into depth, into depth into each one of the matches. Um, not a lot of them are, are really relevant, but I think it's worth bringing up like little points on, on each one. So let's get to it. Let's start with day three, uh, September 23rd. This was in Sapporo, Japan. Uh, the show opened with Gabriel Kidd versus Jucha Wimura. Uh, this was actually Gabriel Kidd's first victory in the New Japan, if I'm not mistaken. So it kind of felt like a big deal for him. Uh, like always, Young Lions always deliver. They have just like basic wrestling, and it's always fantastic. Um, so into the G1, the first match was Shingo Takagi and Jeff Cobb. I thought this match was good, but it was... It was okay. It was like kind of slowed down uh, for Chingo, so the explosiveness was not there when when Cobb had to sell for him. Uh, but it was good nonetheless. There was a reference that I liked that um, that Japanese uh, commentary actually mentioned that Jeff Cobb and Chingo fought at the 2018 Battle of Los Angeles Finals uh, in PWG, and that was like a nice reference because you don't really get. American indie references with the Japanese commentary. So that's always appreciated. I personally gave it a, uh, about four stars. So it's like about an, an eight of a 10. Um, with, and Cobb won. It was, I guess, good. Uh, Chingo and Cobb, like, they're frontly gonna be like those guys that don't really do much in the G1 other than have awesome wrestling matches. But like point wise, we know they're not gonna be close to the to the top. Uh, the next match was was Juhiro Takahashi versus Kazuchika Okada, and unfortunately for Okada, he continues his bad streak of of underwhelming matches. And yeah, it was yet another Juhiro Takahashi match against Okada. I think we've seen enough for it for the next decade or so. It's just bad. It's it's. I I think Yuhiro has like so much potential if he kind of gave a damn, but like he has like a safe style. He's not gonna push himself, and so he just goes in and has his safe match, you know. And Okada, he's right now going through his whole uh, story to get the Cobra Clutch, um, I guess make it legit in the matches and. I want to believe that the story is that he's going to realize that the Cobra Clutch sucks and he's going to stop using it and go back to the Rainmaker and go back to being Okada, the one we love and, and, and respect. But so far, as, I mean, that's not where we are. This was Okada's first win. I mean, it's a second show for him, but like it's the first win that he has because he lost the previous. Um, so I don't know. We'll, we'll see where it goes. Uh, Okada, we, we know he's going to be main event in the final night for block a so that means that it's going to be between him and osprey but like so far i don't feel like okada deserves to go to the finals i think it should be osprey but we'll see where it goes like you never know right uh we're still really really far away from that date 
Uh, next match we had Taichi versus Suzuki. This was a match that I was really, really looking forward to it. Uh, they they started kind of building it up since the September 11th show when Taichi and Suzuki got in each other's face after the match they had against, I believe, was like the the, gold, the Golden Aces and, and someone else. And like you can tell there is a little like power struggle going on there like they they don't talk about it but like you can you can feel it in the air and after this match after tai chi defeated suzuki like pretty much straightforward you you can see it in in the post match promos that tai chi now knows that he can beat suzuki and maybe in his head he starts to think like hey why do i have to like follow this guy you know if i'm better than him so i don't know it's interesting i also think that as we're coming close to like suzuki's i think he's celebrating about like 32 years now or, or so in the wrestling we know he's not gonna retire anytime soon i don't think so he is but you never know you know like it at any point at this time like suzuki can just say like you know what like that's it that i cannot go anymore i'm going to retire before something gets worse and that could be it and so we have to believe that in the next coming years we may see suzuki have to leave suzuki gun and for the team to disband and i mean right now there's no one else other than Taichi to take over that team because like Davy Boy Smith and Archer are gone. Uh, Sack Saber is good, but I, I don't think they would give him like the, the leadership of a stable in New Japan. We know that the juniors are not going to get it. So Taichi's your man, unless like, I don't know, like Oka comes back from excursion and just takes over Suzuki Gun, which I wouldn't be against it. I think he has to look for a Suzuki gun leadership, but he won't have the experience. But anyway, this match was, was great. It was pretty much like a brawl. They just went in for like and got in each other's faces. They they hit each other with, with everything they had. And then they got into the ring and they kept hitting each other with everything they had. And at the end, uh Taichi countered the gotch style power driver into a black Mephisto and hit it. It's a I think it's like a, a perfect counter for any type of power driver. So it, it was really nice, really smooth. I give this match about like a 3.5, uh, 3 quarters of a start. Uh, this is really, really good. Next one, Osprey, the assassin Will Osprey versus Tomohiro Ishii. I believe this is one of the matches that most people are claiming is the best match of the tournament so far. Um, I I wouldn't call it the best, but I don't disagree. It was a fantastic match. This was Ichi playing an Osprey match to a certain extent, but then every now and then uh, Osprey would try to just go into a striking battle with, with Ichi. And he was really good. He was really good. I, I the thing that I really really noticed and loved about this match is that Ishii at his I mean 40-ish uh, years old 
he was performing like this the fast pace counter counter reversal spots like just smooth fantastic like you would imagine that he was just like a young kid but like he was just like moving so smoothly and like not missing a beat it was just like straight up quality from ishii who right now uh i mean he's he's losing his second match here with osprey and you start to think like man like we every year we we hope that ishii's gonna get that win and that title shot even if it's not the wrestle kingdom but like just you know get the rub but man like you, you, it kind of feels like this is the tournament where he's just gonna put everyone over he's gonna give good matches to everyone so we'll see and the final match of the night was Kodai Ibushi versus Jay White my personal match of the night I love what Jay White is doing right now with the crowd he knows how to play them I love how after the matches that he's been winning because he is pretty much undefeated right now he starts like clapping and he teases the people and he's like ha 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 see you're all stupid and I think that's fantastic Jay White has learned how to treat these people uh i think like other guys like okada and like juice robinson kind of gets it like he's they're they're learning to know how to like get the japanese crowd that can't actually talk but like they can clap to like do proper chants and stuff like that with their hands and i think jay white is perfectly doing the healer version of it because one of the complaints that we had for the last months was that evil just suck the air out of the arenas and i think that's part of it because he was trying to do a jay white without actually you know interacting with the people and i think that's really important uh especially like right now we need to learn well they need to learn uh, how to do like all of that like interaction that we don't have anymore because they can't talk but anyway into the match uh this was just like just fantastic uh Ibushi, like, I don't know. Why would anyone doubt Ibushi? He's just fantastic. And why, like, he's bringing his game. He's completely, like, in perfect uh, shape right now. And most of the match was just Wade White uh, picking on Ibushi's knee and working on it. And that was pretty much it. Um, so that was the first, that was the day three of the New Japan G1 Climax. I personally thought that was like really, really good show. Mm-hmm. There was only one match that I thought was kind of like a stinker, but like the rest was just fantastic. So on to night four of the G1 Climax. This is September 24th. This is Block B. It opened with Suji versus Yuya Wemura, another great, fantastic match. At this point, I've noticed that the young lions uh between suji yuya and gabriel kid they're just gonna be doing like 50 50 for the rest of the tournament i think um so at this point it was just suji's turn to win because he lost to yuya the first night so now it was suji's turn to win with a boston crab and that was it uh, there's not much to it other than fantastic wrestling but on to the tournament matches we start with Kirogi Goto versus Sonata. I thought this was kind of slow and boring. Um, Goto really feels like filler this year. 
because it doesn't feel like he's gonna get even to the finals and being a trios champion doesn't really f also like feel like he's gonna be losing and setting up much stuff or taking those like wins to get title shots he just feels like filler and sanada lost his second match he's with zero points and sanada it's interesting because when the tournament started I thought Sanada's gonna be one of the stronger guys in this block. I and I think I'm gonna talk about this like in a little bit when we get to night six, which happened uh, actually today in the morning of, of today uh, that I'm recording. But yeah, like Sanada is a, it's a tricky thing. He lost uh, to a GTR, so I don't know. We'll see where it goes. But like I said, like I thought it was kind of like slow and boring. Uh, then we got Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Toriyano. <laughs> this was maybe one of the one the one matches that I was most looking forward to seeing. Yano is my favorite guy right now in New Japan. Um, just because the, watching comedy right now is like it's it's just exactly what I need. I'm I'm due to the pandemic I, I don't feel necessarily like watching a lot of drama or hardcore matches or anything like that and so watching a comedy match you know five minutes every now and then it's it's like the perfect thing and and the interaction with Tanahashi like doing doing comedy with Tanahashi is like one of those things that we don't get that you that, that commonly in New Japan so I was just really looking forward to it uh this was this was fun. I heard a lot of people that hated the the finish that thought it was stupid. Well, I think you're stupid. Um, I I personally love that Toriyano is right now undefeated in the New Japan G1 Climax. Number 30, the big number 30. And he pinned Tanahashi with, a, with his like, eyes blinded. He couldn't see. And he still pinned the ace of Nietzsche fan, you know? That's that's a big deal. That that's something that you can tell your kids about, you know? Like I pinned Tanahashi and I couldn't even see where he was, you know? So the the match was pretty much like the stuff that Yana does a lot with the tape. Um they played around with tape and eventually uh Tanahashi taped Yano's eyes and and it kind of seemed like it was gonna become a blindfold match, a one-sided blindfold match, but and just like a twist of things, Yano got the low blow on on Tana and and picked up the win. And this is the point where you start thinking like, man, Sanada's like 0-2 while Yano is 2-0. And, and actually at this point, Tanahashi's also 0-2. And, and you're like, what the hell is going on, man? But anyway, next up we had Kenta versus Juice Robinson. Both these men had a win um, in the belts, so they're going for four points at this point. Um, I kind of like thought this was like kind of boring until they got into the striking exchange like later on in the match. Like I don't know, like Juice's Juice was hitting like uh, big moves every now and then, and those big moves would like help me start pay attention but like it was really easy to lose that attention again um like i kept noticing that he he's tattooed he has like his legs like fully tattooed 
and I just couldn't focus on the match. I was just like, oh my god, he has a lot of tattoos. But they eventually like started just like striking each other, like a, a strike exchange, and and that's when I really really got attention, uh, got like my attention back into the match. Uh, they botched the GTS setup, which is pretty common for Kenta nowadays. Um, but it wasn't like that bad. They just went right straight to it into a finish. Um, so yeah, like the wrestling itself look, like looked good, but it just like it just I didn't find it exciting. And I think the the Sapporo crowd fought the same because like there was not a lot of clapping uh, in this match. Uh, the, I think the relevant thing here is that once Juice won the match, um, he started to signal that he's interested in the U.S. Championship title match that Kenta won in the U.S. So they may be feuding for that for a while after after the G1 climax because these two guys we know they're not gonna they're not gonna win. They may make it to the finals doubtfully, but. They're not going to win. So now they have like a little program they can continue doing. I'm pretty sure Cobb is going to be included in that eventually. And so that's going to take him at least until they can get Moxley either in Japan or like, I don't know, like fight in the open seas and get the title off him because he is hogging that title and we don't like it. Next match. I think this may be the most surprising match of the whole tournament so far. Not necessarily the best, but it was fantastic nonetheless. And I hate to say it. I hate to say it because half of that match was Yoshihashi. Um, the Joshi geek, I call him. But he he kinda like he kinda like played his part right, you know. He was like a a baby face that had to fight from underneath, had to deal with with you know, with evil who's been pretty strong. And the the Involvement of Dick Togo, and also you have to remember that Evil destroyed Yoshihashi in the New Japan Cup. Like they didn't even have a match. Like Evil just straight up went through him like a truck, and so there was like a little story behind this that was nice. I uh, they actually started the match with with Evil trying to jump Yoshihashi again, but this time Yoshi uh, had the better like awareness and was able to to dodge and, and attack evil before it went sour for him but um i don't know like the, the match kind of like was good i there was a point when when yoshihashi locked in the the his stupid butterfly lock that i hate it it kind of felt like it may have slowed down the match but uh like they actually got off of it like really quick evil sold it nicely it wasn't like okada's cover clutch and they just started going into finishers, like chasing the finisher, and eventually Yoshihachi uh, managed to pick up the win with Karma. So this was really, really good. It was really surprising. Like again, I'm gonna talk about this like in a little bit, but Yoshihachi is having a really good tournament, and I don't understand why or how, because. It's like, where is this Joshihashi like in the previous years? Like, he had an amazing match with Tenzan, of all people, in the New Japan Cup. And, like, he's kind of, like, slowed down ever since. But, like, he's picking up again right now in the G1. Like, he, his... You cannot tell it with his, like, fesh, facial expressions and his mannerism. But he's really trying hard 
and I don't know. Well, let's see where he goes. Like he's not gonna become a champion. I he's not gonna be IC or he may become like never. But um, I don't know. Let, let's see where he goes. Um, maybe he, he like Tai Chi is going to have like a small like resurrection of, of his career. Uh, something that I've been hoping for you hero, but he like like so for instance here let's compare like you hero and Yoshihashi are kind of like doing something similar in the sense that they're trying to like elevate themselves now that there was like no people in New Japan and you hero is completely failing while Yoshihashi is turning heads you know and that that makes a difference uh, but anyway let's go into the um, the final match of the night this was Saxiver Yuner versus Tetsuya Naito this um i would have to compare it with naito versus tanahashi as maybe my match of the tournament because i loved this match uh but i don't know i would have to think about it the, this match uh there was a comment from naito the previous uh block night where he said that he considers saber to be his most dangerous opponent and they kind of played that into the match because it, like Naito looked really really serious when taking on Saber like and in Saber he he is the counter to every single wrestler in each fan and it was just like Naito had to fight an octopus and that was pretty much it like I, I I was just enjoying the match, but I, when they reached the 25-minute mark and you hear, like, uh, and, and you're like, oh, man, are they going the 30 minutes? Because at that point, they were not exactly chasing finishers. They were not exactly, like, rushing. They were still, like, falling to the floor and, and, and selling for, like, a minute. You're like, oh, man, they're definitely extending this match. And, and so, like, it, it was cool because... Sack Saber was coming off from an absolute win uh, against Evil. And now, while he was probably not going to win against Naito, but like, you, I, like, I did start thinking, like, is he going to get the tie, like, the, the time limit draw with Naito? Is Sack Saber getting a push right now? <laughs> and, and, and no, like, Naito did manage to get the win with a Destino. I think there was like two minutes left, but. It was like an amazing tease of a time limit draw. Uh, I haven't felt that tease in such a long time, uh, in any promotion for that matter. So it was really nice. Uh, I thought this could have been like one of the worst shows of New Japan, like or not worst, just like the weaker card so far. Uh, but like realistically, like just that Zack Saber versus Naito match and Yoshihashi versus Seawol really really saved it i thought those two matches are in my opinion worth going out of your way to watch um that's like that's september 24th uh so let's continue let's not waste time now it's day five september 27th block a uh we started off with gabriel kubert to suji and again going 50 50 gabriel kid got the win over suji so good for him second win in new japan Kid feels like he's on a, on a rocket ship, you know? Um, just solid wrestling. Uh, it, this was like a really submission-heavy match. Um, so, 
that's always enjoyable to watch. But then on to the G1 Climax, we start off with, oh dear, Taichi versus Takahashi. This was, this was okay. Like, for, for New Japan standards, this was arguably bad, but like realistically, it was okay. It was an okay match. Takahashi, uh, there was a point in the match where Taishi started just like talking shit to Takahashi. And it kind of seemed like that point, like, hey, maybe Takahashi's going to, like, wake up here and just go into a striking battle. But no, he just threw his lazy kick that he does all the time and then went back to the same. And, like, he was, like, kind of talking trash a little bit, but, like, nope. Like, Takahashi didn't show anything. And I don't know, like, he's, like, like I said, like, he's, like, the miss. He has his... His safe style, he's going to do it because he's going to have, like, a long career of doing that style. He has, like, his well-established position in New Japan, and that's it. And something else that I wanted to mention about this match is that it kind of felt that if this hadn't been under the pandemic rule, I think this would have been, like, one of those matches where it just becomes... A heel versus heel chaotic match uh, where Chase Owens and Kanemaru and maybe Despi and Hado would all be out there just like creating chaos. And it would have been more fun at least to enjoy even if the wrestling was not going to be good. But anyway, next one, it's Minoru Suzuki versus Jeff Cobb. This was... This was interesting in the sense that I noticed that Cobb was really, really either scared or just plain not comfortable being physical with Suzuki. And I don't know if it was like a uh, an age thing or what, but Cobb was definitely like pulling his punches, like super weak. You can tell he was just punching the air a lot. Uh, even a shoulder block of all things, like he didn't connect and Suzuki sold it. So I don't know. And and also like when 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 Cobb goes for his big moves, like you always see him manhandle people. Uh, he usually like he he protects them every all the time. But you know he's comfortable just like like shaking them around. And this time no, it, it felt like Suzuki. He had trouble picking up Suzuki because like Suzuki at one point I think jumped for a move and and Cobb didn't couldn't hold him in so it was kind of weird um it ended up with Suzuki winning with a GSP and like an impressive impressive looking GSP you know it's it's a nice uh, visual when you see Suzuki carrying Cobb like on a GSP position and if anything else like Suzuki looked really strong here um he has two wins at this point. He only lost to Taichi, which may be more like a storyline-driven loss. But like Suzuki is pretty strong right now. And I he's a never champion. He probably do, does have to get a lot of wins, so he doesn't have like a, like 10 contenders at the end. But it's, it's interesting, you know, that Suzuki may end up with a good year this, this time around. Uh, next one was Tomohiro Ishii versus Kota Ibushi. 
Again, I, I think I've heard a lot of people saying that this was one of their favorite matches of the tournament. I wouldn't disagree. Uh, it was a fantastic match. Uh, this one and the next match are like maybe one of the better back-to-back -back matches that I've seen this whole year. I mean, probably not if we go back to Wrestle Kingdom, but like at least for the pandemic since March. Um, similar to Ishii versus Osprey, I kind of feel like this was uh, one of those matches where Ishii had like a bunch of speed flurries. But different from that match, like this was more of an Ishii match. Like Ibushi just went full strong style striking mode. Uh, they just pretty much did that for the whole match. They just hit each other with everything they got. It looked super stiff. Um, there was a couple of German suplex uh, sprinkled like on top of everything. But that was about it. Like this was just two dudes hitting each other on the head over and over and over and over again until one of them just couldn't get up anymore. Um, so, yeah, awesome match. I I wouldn't disagree with anyone who would say that this was their match of the of the tournament. At this point, Ishii is now zero three. He, I don't know. Like we know he's not gonna win, but I. I kind of wish we would at least get a, a nicer record, you know, like make me make me believe. Um, then we got into what was, in my opinion, the match of the night. Shingo Takagi versus Will Ospreay. This was my 2019 match of the year, but this time around it wasn't. But it was awesome nonetheless. Like I gave it uh, about like a four points three quarters of a star like it was so close um like the, the the thing that you notice here is that when osprey loses a match he is sure as hell going to make you work for it <laughs> that yeah like he's not gonna give out like losses just like like anything uh they hit each other with everything they got like we even saw osprey doing like shooting star presses and bloody sundays which i mean they're they're not like out of his moveset but he doesn't bring them out as often and likewise, like Chingo was doing like pop-up DVDs on the apron and top rope spots and just like a ton of lariats and forearms and elbows and springboards and near falls and everything and like all, all everything that you, you can think of. Like they were just like hitting each other with everything. And at the end, Chingo hit the last of the dragons and he, he picked up the win. I, this was his first win of the tournament. And this is going to be one of those matches that we're going to go back uh like for future like in the in the future we're gonna go back to this year and be like oh yeah yeah like chingo versus osprey from day day five you know that's that's one of the matches you have to check out uh next up was the, the main event of the night which was kasuchika okara versus jay white uh this was not as good as the previous two matches but it was like it was good nonetheless um it wasn't their best match for sure they've had better matches in the past but it was good um like again why teasing the fans to clap and chant for their opponents when they can't it's just like freaking glorious uh he's just awesome and the match was okada working on white's head while white kind of worked on okada's back and they just kind of like went back and forth for a while um okada like started doing his cobra clutch and and actually like i have to i have to give this prop uh white was probably like one of the persons who sold the, the cobra clutch better 
he had this this look of being really really uncomfortable and annoyed at, at the move and i think that's what the curl clutch really does like it just makes you really really uncomfortable and annoyed because it doesn't like it doesn't look like it does much like you're sitting on your ass like just resting but like at the end just jy hit the blade runner and pick up the win i think no i don't think anyone has kicked out of the j of the blade runner in a while so that's something that to look out for uh before we had the the match uh calendar for the g1 climax white was my favorite to win the block and potentially the whole g1 but unfortunately since new japan always like spoils us on the order of matches we know that the the finals of block a is going to be osprey versus okada so i mean maybe that's gonna like cancel out white but we'll see uh, i really would love for white to win the the briefcase uh last year it was a heel i mean it was a baby face who won it so it wouldn't be bad for a heel to win it this time around um but yeah that was a uh, night five of the g1 climax um i thought this may have been one of the better ma the better shows it 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 kind of started weak, you know, like Chingo versus, I mean, Taichi versus Takahashi. Oh boy, that was bad. But like the last three matches are, are definitely good. And like I mentioned, Chingo versus Sasuke is something you need to go out of your way to watch. And so the final night of the G1 Climax that we are reviewing today, and this just happened today as I am recording uh, in the morning. This is day six, September 29th. That is today. This is Block B. And once again, we start with Gabriel Kidd versus Yuya Wemura, the the return. And 50-50, now it was Yuma's turn to win. And so he did. Um, not much to say at this point anymore. Uh, these guys just always have like the same level of, of, of quality in their matches. Um, Wemura won with a Boston Crab, and that was it. So now let's talk about how complex this thing is becoming because Yoshihashi Joshi Geek Geeky Hashi defeated Sonata who is now O and three and like I don't know if you saw the news this morning Harold may just resign him from his position as CEO of New Japan Pro Wrestling and I am 98% sure that it was because he saw Joshihashi defeat Sonata and he lost all hope. I was so close to losing hope myself, but I am strong-willed to see the things to the end, and I will not stop at this point. But what the fuck is going on right now with Sonata, man? Like, at this point, I have to believe that Sonata's just going to have like a really terrible record, but he's going to defeat Naito. And he's going to earn a title shot that way. Maybe a king of pro wrestling. Or power struggle. But. Yeah, like it's so weird. Ever ever since he started going like space and out with his new attire. Like he's just. He's been bad. He's, he can't win. And and again, it hurts me to say. But this may have been Joshihashi's worst match in a long time. And. <laughs> And I don't know. 
meaning that Chichikashi has been pretty, having pretty decent matches because, like, this wasn't a bad match. It was, like, a good match. Uh, it was an okay match. But, like, between okay and good. But, um, there was really nothing to it. Like, up until the end when they started, like, chasing their submissions and Yoshihashi hit Carmen. So, I think th this is one of those matches where you're, like, more... After the match, you're not really thinking about the quality, but like you're like just thinking like about the booking decision of have Yoshihashi defeat Sonata. Um, the next match was Zack Sabre Jr. versus Kenta. I this may have been my favorite match. It, I don't think it was the best match of the night, but it was my favorite. Uh, well, actually, yeah, let's call it my favorite match. Emphasis on match, and I don't want to call this a squash. But like Kenta beat the shit out of Zack Sabre Jr. Like this was like super stiff, and Kenta just like he kicked and slapped Saber like all the way till tomorrow. Uh, Saber had like some spots where he would like lock in his submissions, but even at the end of the match, like it never felt that Saber made as much much damage to Kenta as Kenta did to him. And that, that's why I feel like it was like really one-sided. One like there was just complete Kenta dominance in my opinion. Uh, but it was like great action nonetheless. Uh, like I said, stiff and the submission work was like on spot because just Saber never fails in that. I I personally love like how Saber would counter stuff like the game over with just like a matter of seconds and pretty much had to force Kenta into a striking battle which, I mean, it's Kenta's game. But uh, he had to hit the GTS for the win. So, I don't know. Like, Savior, I knew he wasn't going to be, like, the main guy in, in the tournament. But, like, I wasn't expecting such a one-sided, especially against Kenta. Uh, but, given that Savior is the British Undisputed Champion from Rep Pro, and Kenta is, like, right now, like, floating around the US title... We may see Kenta versus Saber for the British Undisputed. Or we may see, like, later on, like, Saber also be interested in the US title if Kenta wins it. So, I don't know. I, I love the combination of these guys two working. We'll see where it goes. Next one was Tanahashi versus Juice. And this was an okay match. Um... <laughs> Like the one note that I made is that I had, I don't think I ever seen Tanahashi as annoyed as the day when Juice messed up his hair. <laughs> but that was it. Like, uh, it was a match where it seemed like Juice was really, really coming close to defeating Tanahashi, which, which would have been like a big deal for him. He would have gone to six points while Tanahashi would have gone to 0 and 3. But at the very last second, uh, Tanahashi managed to get the win over Juice Robinson with a with a roll up pretty much and and you know it was Juice looked disappointed but it's one of those where like he's not gonna be mad and I think he knows that he was so close to defeating Tanahashi and that is a big big uh feather in Robinson's hat right now. So good for him and Tanahashi this is his first win in the tournament. He is finally on the table um, he leaves Sonata alone in the zeros. So we'll see where Tanahashi goes. Like he's not gonna be a contender uh anytime coming soon, but 
it'll be interesting to see what happens with Tanahashi going forward. Uh, I can't imagine they want Tanahashi to to keep chasing the titles with Ibushi because I think Ibushi will have bigger plans for the future as we go into 2021. Uh, so let's see where Tanahashi goes this tournament. Uh, the next match was Evil versus Toriano. I think it's safe to say that this was a dud, but at the same time, I think this was the greatest thing in the world. It, I, I call it a dud because I don't think it was much of a match. It was more like it's a quick sprint type of angle thing, like a big spot where it just kind of became like a race to like, to like I don't know, like to just get rid of someone. And Yano pinned Evil. Yano right now is undefeated in the tournament. He is pretty much at the level of Tetsuya Naito. And the, the thing that happened is just like, after some spots with the corners and evil beating up Yano like for a minute, it just became a race to hitting low blows all over the place. And at the end, Yano got the, the roll up and it was like a cat and mouse that ended with evil being low blowed and Yano won. And it's now three, and zero. and I know people are going to hate this. This is going to be the worst thing because it's destroying wrestling, but fuck, I loved this little, five minute spot <laughs> uh yeah like if you don't want to say like this is this reserves a, a wrestling rating i completely agree because it wasn't really a match it was just like i don't know uh, an angle pretty much and finally the main events of the show was hiroki goto versus tetsuya naito uh like i mentioned goto feels like like filler so he was okay like I think Naito's having a really, really good tournament. He's putting up really good matches. He is undefeated right now, and he will probably go undefeated until he meets someone like Sonata or potentially like Evil again. Hopefully not Evil, but for sure Sonata, I think. But uh, this was just like, I, I think it kind of suffered from following a really, really wacky show where Joshihashi is beating Sonata and Yano's being evil and Tanahashi's like all pissed off because his hair, hair is messed up. And so we got to this where it's just like straight up wrestling. And I don't know, like I can totally understand how how it just didn't feel like a big deal. I, I actually thought the match went kind of long. There was a spot where they just hit like Glorious and, and some GTRs and, and, and a counter Destino. And then they went to a striking battle. And you, I would think like, okay, so... A striking battle because Goto is going to recover and win, sure, but then it just went back to Naito hitting Valentia and Destino for the win, and you're like, eh. I mean, we didn't need that extra five minutes. We could have just ended it before, and it would have been perfect. So that was it. I thought this was a really, really fun show. Not the best show in ring, uh, wrestling wise, but I thought it was a really fun show. I thought this one gave me a lot to think about life and you know my my career as a as a wrestling reviewer because i don't know in what world does yoshihashi beat sonata but we'll we'll be here this week and next week and the next we'll be here for you so that was uh today's day six of the g1 climax uh i think we have a show tomorrow for block a and then i think we have 
a little rest before the next uh, set of shows. But let's continue on in Japan, Nihongo, Purulesu, but not in New Japan. Let's go into another show that took place on the 27th, and that is DDT's Who's Gonna Top? Uh, question, Who's Gonna Top? 2020. This This show is on the road to build up Ultimate Party. There's a lot of developments for Ultimate Party. And I think the big thing to, to talk about here is that it comes after Endo, Tetsuya Endo, the current KOD champion, declared Daisuke Sasaki, that little heavy metal kid, as the challenger for the title now that Kenny Omega won't come to the Japan because he's a coward. And so we have that little thing it was just announced like nothing happened but tonight the main event was going was i mean sasaki and endo teaming up with uh lindaman and t-hawk from strong hearts versus the team of eruption uh higuchi and sagaguchi harashima and yuki onaja um and so there's developments happening in ddt as we head into ultimate party so let's get to the top uh let's this was a really really packed show so i'm gonna try to run over it really quick um we started with the announcements and i think it's relevant to say that mao is returning from injury and he's going to fight uh katsumata shuna katsumata from all out and i think that's going to be actually at ultimate party so that's yet another match announced for ultimate party uh, but the thing big here, thing here happened here is that there was a thug of war like drawing system that they used for the all out versus June Retsu feud uh, and series that was going to happen later tonight. So you pretty much had to pick up a rope um, from each side of the ring, each team. And so whatever end of the rope you had was going to fight the, the person on the other side of the other rope. Obviously, the, the middle of the ropes were hidden. And so we got. Takeshita versus Oishi. That sounds good. Akiyama versus Akito. That sounds amazing. And Katsumatsu versus Watase, which just makes sense. And we'll we're going to talk about that in a little bit. But top of the show, it started with Damnation, Matt Polly, Nobuhiro Shimatani, and Soma Takao versus Hideki Okatani, Saki Akai, and Toru Owashi. I was kind of surprised that Saki was in this match and not the main event. But, I mean... It's Saki Akai in, in your show. There's there's nothing wrong with that. Um, not much to it. It was a good opener. It was really action packed. Uh, Poli versus Akai was kind of like kind of slowed down the match because neither are, are particularly fast. But like with the other guys, like it was just a great Awashi versus Poli had like a big Haas uh, lucha libre battle because Awashi is now a lucha uh, expert. Uh, Nobuhiro versus Akai was pretty fun. And Soma versus Akai in Owashi was okay. Uh, but at the end, I mean, it was Okatani who who took the, the loss. I mean, he's the he's the young kid, you know. But that was it. Uh, we have Dan Chokudino and Kazuki Hirata. They cut their promise because they were feuding on who is the master, the king of the second match. Because each man thinks they own the second match and so they, they just kind of like cut little promos saying uh, that 
uh, they had a match that was particularly good if you take into account that it's full of dancing and groping penises and you know humping each other and thongs so if you can look past that this was a really really fun match <laughs> uh they had just like a little story that hirata's dancing the source of his power is no match for dino's groping and so as dino starts to take off his trunks and tongues and, and he becomes stronger so it reaches a point where hirata had to pretty much uh take on on dino's side of the of the techniques of the tactics and and become like a hirata dino combination monster and so he started groping dino and eventually won so this was fun uh, it's this is your usual uh second match in ddt that it's just like chaos in the sense of comedy then we have what i think is one of the most interesting concepts that i've seen in wrestling in a while and it just works perfect when you have guys like antonio honda and shinya aoki because you have one guy that is 98 comedy and one guy i mean he's an mma guy and so the the concept of the match was there's no pins or submissions but each wrestler has five points and whoever loses the points uh first loses the match and and the way you lose the points is by by going down like getting to like going off the, the ring uh escaping the ropes like a rope break getting knocked out tapping out or laughing at your opponent's gag and for that last one there was a box of just props in the in the in the match and they are props that are legal for the match in particular so you cannot like bring in something that's outside the box and try to use it like you had to use the stuff from the box and so the the match kind of like just went in the way that aoki being the mma master he submitted honda for a while honda would like he was protecting the box actually and eventually like honda gets the box he like starts trying some of his jokes that we see a lot from honda um and like i think the first one was i think he grabbed like uh like some tassels and a belt and he pretended to be a hippie and aoki didn't laugh so he didn't disappoint there but then he grabbed like this just like weird neck brace type of like air fan uh system <laughs> and he started singing real american and so aoki broke on that one so he lost a point uh they continue on uh with just aoki pretty much submitting uh honda over and over again and honda every now and then getting something like but at, at the end it got to a point where like aoki's like dominance was so much that he just like straight up threw the box to honda and, and to like bring it and so honda only got one win out of that but as it went to the end uh it was a really really cool spot because aoki locks in a submission on honda and honda has one prop in his hand and so it's a race because honda's not giving up but he's trying like all these different jokes just to get one loss like one point from from uh, aoki but at the end 
Honda cannot make Aoki laugh and he loses the match to a tap out. So this was a really interesting concept. I would love to see this. Uh, like, I don't know if it would work with American wrestling because American comedy is not particularly good in terms of wrestling. But maybe maybe see it like with Gaisa Kikutaro, maybe Colt Cabana. Uh, I don't know. Like, I think it's a really interesting concept that should be explored. But anyway, after the match, uh, Imabayashi asked Aoki if he had another challenger. Uh, and Aoki called for Sanshiro Takagi for Ultimate Party. And it's going to be a weapons rumble match. And the concept of that match is that every other minute or so, a new weapon enters the ring and becomes legal. So that's a really fun concept too. Like DT, it's the world of concepts. Uh, the next match was uh, probably my favorite of the show, actually. It was Now to Lose versus Chris Brooks and Drew Parker. Now to Lose are the current KOD tag team title champions. Um, it's uh, Naomi Yoshimura and, and Bueno. This was just straight up like good wrestling. Brooks and Parker were total heels. Uh, you know, cheating and low blows, and they actually jumped not to lose before the match and put them to tables. But if you don't know not to lose, Naomi Yoshimura and went out, you have to go out of your way to watch them. They are just fantastic. Bueno, in a couple of years, is going to be Ibushi. He already looks like him. His wrestling is crisp. He is going to be just on top. So he's definitely someone to look out for. Uh, the next match was uh, actually before that eruption came out. Uh, challenge. Uh, well, Bueno challenge eruption for a trios match. Um, and eruption said like, OK, but you have to put your tag titles too on the line. They decided to do it on the same day. So it's going to be a back-to-back -back title matches. I do believe this is going to be on the 10th of October or 3rd, around those days. Uh, the next match was All Out versus June Retro uh, Series. So the, the the thing they did with the tug of rope and start of the show, this was the matches that we saw. The first one was Takashita versus Oishi. Uh, the story here was that Oishi, who is arguably the underdog in this match, took Takashita to the limit, like literally to the time limit uh takishita won with five seconds left and he had his leg pretty much uh, decimated the next match was akiyama versus akito and the the beauty of this match was that it it was just like perfect execution because akito goes for um akiyama's leg and like akiyama is old akito is like on in his prime and so if if this goes long akiyama knows he cannot last a, a whole match with akito so instead of of like extending the match akiyama's like fuck it let's go for the kill and his first move in the match is like straight up pal driver and then he hit like a couple of stemless drivers he hit a bunch of knees to the face to the head 
And at the end, he just locked in the crane crab lock and he choked out Akito. Like there was no submission, like no, 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 no battling, just straight up choked him out. Like this was a Jun Akijama that was not only pissed off, but also in a hurry to win because he knew he wouldn't be able to, su to survive, you know, a match with Akito. So at this point, they are one and one uh, between All Out and Jun Ratsu. So... It just makes sense that the last match would be Shunma Katsumata versus Mizuki Watase. Watase is like a, a young rookie from, from DDT. He's under Junaki Yama's like, mentorship. And Katsumata is just like, he's one of like the younger, smaller guys uh, in the promotion and, and all out. So he, he's a guy that can, he can take a loss, but he's definitely like more experienced than Watase. And so this was just like the one match that we didn't know where it was going to go. Um... Katsumata won. He defeats uh, Watase. But, you know, it, it was a good little back and forward. It was short. Uh, this match has had, like, I think, like, a 15-minute time limit. So it wasn't that bad. Uh, and, I don't know, like, even though Katsumata won, like, Watase, like, making it to, the to like, really close to winning, like, I think it's, like, a, a good victory, like, a moral victory for Jumra too. So that was uh, it. And then we get into the main event. Um, as we mentioned, Endo and Sasaki are headed to Ultimate Party. So this match was just like, it was just fantastic. It was chaos all over the place. We got like awesome pair ups between like Higuchi and T Hawk. We had Harashima versus T Hawk. And I can't believe that Harashima is 47 and like older than Tanahashi. And we had like Higuchi versus Endo and Lindemann versus Naya and like all these awesome combinations. And at the end, since we have to make Sasaki look strong because he's not particularly like the strongest looking challenger, especially like for the KOD heavyweight title, uh, they gave Sasaki the win over Naya, who was obviously their sick to the fall. And he looks strong. He, he, he got like a little confidence boost. But like the big thing that, that this show happened was that uh after the match sasaki and endo are like are are talking like friendly trash talk to each other but at one point endo said to sasaki that he is tired of sasaki always talking about his conditioning when we all know that sasaki's condition is not the best and so sasaki was just fed up and he low blowed endo and he started attacking him and he kind of hoped that the rest of Damnation was going to back him up, but they didn't. And so they attacked Sasaki and Endo got up, low blowed Sasaki, took him out. And then he told Sasaki, like, hey, kid, like, I got you read like a book. And ever since I, I call you like a challenger, I decided that I was going to kick you out of Damnation. And so... The old post over the the dead body of, of Sasaki, you know, and it was it was a really interesting. Um, it's an interesting booking decision because it means that Sasaki is going to go into Ultimate Party as the babyface, which is interesting because Sasaki is not exactly likable, at least not to me and, and some people that I know. So it's going to be interesting to see like how he he behaves as a babyface, and and likewise, I. It's kind of hard to see like what he does by himself because he is the type of heel that kind of needs Matt Polly there to help him win. And so 
they're they have little time to really really build up Sasaki in the next couple weeks and make us believe that he has a chance against Endo and Damnation because now it's not even Damnation it's Dem Hearts because Linda Man and T Hawk are there so I don't know it's it's gonna be a task I think I think GDT can do it but Sasaki's gonna have to really really work hard to make us believe that that he can be it. And so that, that was uh, this show of GDT. Um, the, the name is Who's Gonna Top 2020, if you want to go check it out. And I thought it was a really, really fun show. I thought we had like really, really interesting concepts in this show that I would love to see some other places. Um, it, it was kind of long, I'm not going to lie. Uh, at the point where I reach the All Out versus Junretsu series, I was like, oh man, like... Like the the card says that it's only two matches left, but in reality it's four, and it just kind of felt like oh my god, it's gonna last forever. But it was totally worth it. I think the the all out um, angle is really nice. I think Takeshita versus uh, Juneki Jam is gonna be good, and I mean Ultimate Party for itself, it it it's being built really nicely. Like the the addition right now of of Aoki versus Takagi sounds really fun. Um, and so we'll see where he goes. Uh, we still have a lot of dates before there, so there's a chance to build up more stuff. So, and we before we get into like a quick impact recap, uh, we also had the CMLO anniversary. I didn't watch it, but I did hear that Bulletproof Junior and Templario had an amazing match for the NWA World Historic uh, Welterweight, and that Titan versus Soberano is worth watching, but not necessarily as good. So, I mean, considering they had to deal with a lot of COVID cancellations, I think it's really impressive that CMML managed to have like a really good show for the anniversary. And the other match that I want to mention that you should go check out is Got to Moves Choco Pros number 50, like their 50th show. They had the big AEW versus Choco Pro match, which was uh, Emi Sakura and Riho representing AEW versus Mei Suruga and Yuna Mizumori from a Choco Pro and this was just like a 30 minute it was the only match of the show but it was a 30 minute like just battle like it's 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 crazy to believe that in a little uh room in the middle of Ichigaya Chocolate Square like this for ladies can have such an amazing match with full of drama full of like just like passion and there's no ring it's just like a 10 by 5 wrestling mat and it's commendable like what gato move has done during the pandemic is impressive i will hold gato move as the promotion of the year if they keep going like this because we've seen many promotions that do not know how to handle the lack of audience or whatever like choco Pro made the better of this year, and I think you should all go watch it and give your your YouTube likes to Got to Move Choco Pro number fifty. And uh, I I'm not gonna spoil you actually. You know this match I'm not gonna spoil you. I'm not gonna tell you who wins because I want you to go watch. Uh, just remember it's Emi Sakura versus Riho and Riho versus Mei Suruga and Yuna Misumori. And now it's time, like every week, to talk about impact wrestling 
So this week's Impact Wrestling uh, from September 29th. Uh, we are on, this is technically the go-home show for Big Tree Road, which is this Saturday on Impact Plus. But it's also, uh, we are on the road to Bound for Glory. So it was kind of like a weird combination because they had to pretty much build up a whole Victory Roach card on one episode. But at the same time, they're doing little things here and there, like to sprinkle forwards uh, Bound for Glory. So I, I think it's, they're doing a good job um, pretty much inserting little feuds uh, that are actually helping the bigger feud come up. Uh, the show started with Taya Bakri and Rosemary defeating Havoc, Havoc, Havoc and Nebea. Uh This comes from this whole storyline where Rosemary is getting married and she needs Havoc to resuscitate, resurrect uh, James Mitchell because he is the father that will, he's the only man that can pretty much carry out uh, a ceremony based uh, like for the underworld, you know? And so Taya and Rosemary, which are, they feel right now like total baby faces, like defeated Havoc and Nevea. Uh This was a, a good opener. It it was better than we usually get from Rosemary and Havoc. Like they're not the best, but this was particularly good. Uh, Taya had a lot to do with it, I think, in my opinion. Uh, after that, we had Tasha Steels and Kira Ho, and they, they came out and jumped Taya and Rosemary. I believe... Yes, they are fighting next week. Uh, I just checked. They are fighting next week. Um, and that's also like part of the storyline because Taya has been feuding with Steels and Hogan as Romery had been feuding with Havoc and Nevea. Um Backstage, we go and we see the good brothers just telling terrible stories. We are building a little bit of dissension between the Motor C Machine Guns and the Good Brothers. So we had Alex Shelley just made fun of Anderson's past in Japan. Like he completely run over him. Like, oh my God, like Anderson looked like like a total dweeb <laughs> after Alex Shelley was done with him. Uh, but I've been really disliking the Good Brothers and Impact. Uh, they just come off as, as pricks. And so I have a feeling they're going to win the titles at Bound for Glory because you cannot have the Good Brothers and not put the battles. They, they are probably like on borrowed time here in Impact. So I think it's going to happen. Uh, but yeah, like I, I've been dreading what they're doing with the Good Brothers. I think they're amazing wrestlers, but their characters, especially like telling jokes backstage, like it just comes off like terrible. Um, we had... Gia Miller interview Kimberly and Diana Parasu. Uh, it was pretty much like to tell that Diana has to defend the title against Susie at Victory Road. Like I said, like we're building a Victory Road card like on the on the day before. Uh, commendable that they managed to do it, but at the same time, like um, like I feel like Impact should have like tried to secure that date before <laughs> to make better plans of it. So that was pretty much it. Uh, we went into Jordan Grace uh, defeating Janelle Dashwood. This was a rematch from last week. It, I don't think it was as good as last week's. It was definitely shorter, and Jordan was way more in control of this match. Like Jordan actually like came off as like dominant. Like she was uh, focused on destroying Janelle, which makes sense because like 
Jordan has had like a really bad streak since losing the title against Diana Purrazzo. And then Tenille came in and like beat her. And so uh, Jordan seemed like a person that needed this win. And so it was good for her. Uh, we are going to learn later on that they're going to build to Jordan versus Tenille 3 at Big Tree Road, which it's kind of surprising because I figured that was going to be a Bound for Glory match. But they're already doing the third match at Victory Road. I don't know what's going to happen at Bound for Glory. Maybe a weapons match. Hopefully not. And surely as hell, they shouldn't be inserted into Kylie Ray versus Diona. So I don't know what's going to happen there. But we'll see. Um, the, the the finish was Tennille going for like a kind of roll and Jordan pretty much reversed into a sleep and submission for the submission win. Uh, we had Moose... Continuing his story with EC3, this has been pretty bad. It's been too long, and EC3 hasn't done anything. But at least this time around, he did say that he's going to be on Impact next week to burn the TNA title. I hope we get to something really quick. I mean, obviously, this is leading to Bound for Glory again. Moose versus EC3, probably for the title. But uh, it's one of those things where, like, we haven't seen either man like really wrestle in a long time, so I don't know. It, there's just so much cat and mouse stuff that you can do backstage before it gets boring. We got a video from Rich Swan's recovery and rehab. This was, you know, like pretty short, but but good. It it just pretty much said that Rich Swan is clear to go. He's he's healed like in a week <laughs> or two weeks, so good for him. We we have a main event for Brown for Glory. Uh, we had this ongoing story with Heath and Rhino. We're trying to get Heath a job. And Reno Scum and Hernandez jumped them and, and took the money that Heath and Rhino had stolen. And, you know, it serves them right. We, because Reno, Rhino and Heath shouldn't be stealing money. So who's the heel here? Uh, this is going to lead into Rhino asking Scott Damore for a match against Reno Scum, which, guess what? It's going to happen at Big Tree Road, you know? Uh, I think the the only relevant part here is that there seems to be we are close to Heath getting a job finally. Uh, this again, this has taken so long. I do love that there's a story that if you don't work at Impact, you can't be there. Like I love that they respect that, but at the same time, it's like I don't know, like this shouldn't be taking months. Let's get to it. So we go into the Good Brothers, Carl Anderson and Doc Gallows defeating the Rascals, Desmond Xavier and Zachary Wentz. Uh, this was a good match, but it just feels like the Rascals are becoming the jobbers. I mean, not becoming. They've been for a while, but like every now and then they give us like the hint that they may push the Rascals. And this time around, they just like they just felt like like the jobber team of of the impact tag team division and this is actually going to play into the main event which i'll talk about in a little bit but i don't know like they they're misusing the rascals they they've been the pwg champs like for 1000 days i think at this point <laughs> but um it was a good match um like always xavier and wentz look amazing anderson looked okay um they got with the win with a spine buster and and the magic killer. Um, but that was that. Like not much to it. Uh, the good brothers needed a win. 
because I mean they need matches and they needed this win I guess to to give them a an argument to be a tag team contender at this point. Uh, after the match, actually Anderson called out Shelly and Saban, challenging them for for a match for the titles at Bound for Glory. So they had to get this win because otherwise, like, what's your argument, <laughs> you know, to make to make challenges? Uh, we then had like a little like one minute skit between Brian Myers and Tommy Dreamer. Uh, last week we saw Myers tell Dreamer if they saw each other in the hallway, Dreamer better f- go away. Uh, and so Dreamer didn't. They got face to face. Myers tried to jump Dreamer, but Dreamer kind of like managed to block it. And just being professional, they challenged each other to a match at Big Tree Road. So there you go, another match for Big Tree Road. See, it's so easy to build a, a card in just one day. Uh, do you care about the match? Not really, but we have it. Uh, and this, at this point is when we we got the announcement that Tennille versus Caleb are going to go for Big Tree Road too for for their third match. Which is, eh, I mean, the matches have been okay. They're they're not Purasa versus Grace, but they've been okay. Uh, we now had like this weird thing that's going on with Johnny Bravo to pick his best man for the wedding. So it was Johnny Swinger versus Falaba. The winner was going to become the best man. Um, this was this has something really interesting that I don't know where it's gonna go, but like. What happened was that Johnny Swinger um, used Crazy Steve's monkey to hit Ba and get the win. Uh, yes, you read that right. <laughs> and that that led to Bravo actually berating the referee uh, Brandon Toll. Uh, he told him like, "That's why you're never the that's not, like why you're not the head official because you don't see things like this, like this." This fucker uh, swinger cheated, and he's gonna ruin my wedding. And you ruined my wedding for not like proper officiating. And so he he told the ref like restart this match. And I mean we have to remember that Johnny Bravo used to be the head off the uh, head official of, of Impact, you know the the top ref. And so they restarted the match. Followed by just like pretty much hit one move and and won. Uh, and afterwards, that's that's when it got interesting because like you would imagine like that's that's where they're gonna leave it. But afterwards, uh, Swinger and and Ba kind of like approach Bravo about the reversing the the win, and Bravo said like I don't care who my best man is, but I reversed the like I told referee to reverse the match, to restart the match actually, because that was just shitty ass officiating, and so. Is this going to become a feud between Brandon Toll and Bravo? Is Bravo going back to becoming a referee? Um, I don't know. Like, why, why bring up Bravo's? I mean, referee Toll's bad officiating. That was like really interesting. I don't know where that's going. Anyway, Gia Miller interviewed Rohit Raju about his uh, win last week. Uh, Roji pretty much just introduced his new concept called Defeat Rohit Challenge. Uh, he's going to start at Victory Road, and it's pretty much like an open challenge type of thing. Uh, but he won't give title shots to the guys he just defeated, being TJP, Chris Bay, and Trey Miguel. So I am not against this. <laughs> I am all for other guys being in the mix. 
uh, TJP actually like approached them and asked for a challenge, and that's when he told them that he couldn't get it. Uh, and TJP just kind of like had the weirdest acting of being kind of like rejected. I I don't get TJP. I don't get his acting. Um, we now have like a little angle where it. Uh, well, this was, yeah, like an, an angle with Eddie Edwards coming down. And as we know, last week, Eddie Edwards was attacked um, before the show went off the air. And so he kind of came out like he assumed that Eric Young was the attacker. So he called out Eric Young, but instead came out uh, Sammy Callahan. And Callahan told him, like, it wasn't me, but I know who it was. And the lights turned off. And when they came back on, it was Ken Chamrock future hall of famer Ken Shamrock and he took down Eddie he locked in the ankle lock he he, he kept it Sammy kind of like teased Eddie while he kept it and that was it and we we know that Eric Young is fighting Eddie Edwards at Victory Road that's what that was a uh, signed last week so now we know that Eddie's not going to be healthy against Eric Young. So that's a good argument to keep, I guess, the title on Eric Young. But Eddie is still be like somewhat strong, knowing that he had like a, a problem going in. But like, let, let, let's go back a little bit. Like Eddie versus Shamrock could be interesting. We know Shamrock's like willing to do like crash test dummy type of wrestling, but he if he wants to like grapple it could be really interesting or good the interesting thing to me here more than anything is that it's not just ken chambrock it's sammy callahan and ken chambrock and i can't imagine they're not gonna have callahan tag i mean wrestle uh at bound for glory so is eddie getting a tag team partner for this is it going to be a handicap match what the hell is this building up for? And I don't know, like th this is something that we're going to have, like this is something for Bound for Glory. So we're going to have to see where it goes, but it's really, really interesting. I, I don't know where it's going. I've been kind of hoping for a good tag team for Eddie. That is not Tommy Dreamer. So hopefully we do get someone good. Uh, after that, we saw like a little skit with Kylie Rain and Susie where uh, they're talking about the victory road match. Susie keeps showing that Sue Young is coming out soon. So I think it's it's kind of likely that either Sue Young costs Kylie Ray the title at Bound for Glory or Kylie Ray wins the title and then goes straight into Sue Young. Uh, that is pretty much like whatever. And finally, at the end, we have the North, Ethan Page and Josh Alexander defeat Ace Austin and Madman Fulton. This was a good match to see the contrast between a tag team that is an actual tag team and a pair up between two guys that just kind of like each other. Because even when they were like uh, in a disadvantage power-wise and speed-wise, the North managed to get the, the better at one point of Fulton and, and Ace. Uh, where Fulton by himself, he was like destroying the North by himself. But the North, thanks to tag team wrestling, they managed to, to regain control of the matches. 
and so they just kind of like went back and forward for a while they traded like momentum uh yada 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 like i mean it's all good wrestling the north is like my favorite team this year or like second best uh but it just led to like dominantly the north hit ace with like a, a striking combo they hit their finisher which i think is called the northern passage and they won and that was it and after the after the match the good brothers came out and the morrissey machines came out and they all started like a forward brawl which is probably gonna be like the match for powerful glory like a four four corner survival type of thing and this is where i was talking about the rascals they are they're not the only team out because we know like the Deaners are not in. We know Heath and Rhino are not in. We know like TJP and Falaba. I don't even know they're a team anymore, but they're not in. So we know they're not the only team that's left out. Like Triple XL is not in either. But like, goddamn, like the Rascals are so amazing, and they are just being built to like the Rascals have pretty much fallen to all of the teams that are gonna be involved in that Bound for Glory match. And it just kind of sucks for them, you know? Like, they deserve better. So, I don't know. I, me, I'm kind of hoping that the Go Brothers are gone <laughs> from Impact soon. Go go back to WWE. I don't care. I don't, I don't care where you go. Um, but, like, give the Rascals a chance. Give the Rascals a chance, man. And so that was Impact for, the, for today. Uh, as I'm recording, September 29th. Uh, it was an okay show, uh, good in-ring work. The, like I say, like the storylines felt really rushed because they're building to a, a show that's like four days away that had no card to begin with. And so it was kind of rushed. Uh, but the things that were added there towards Bound for Glory are all good and intriguing. Um, so we'll, we'll see where this goes. And with that, we close today's show. Uh, it was a pack week, and I think we are on to more pack weeks at least for the next um, the next month. Because like I didn't even talk about the Noah N1 victory or the Champion Carnival from All Japan, but I mean we're headed there. I mean there, there's also that show from Stardom where Dona del Mundo fought. Uh, Tanakano and Mayu like through a 30 minute brawl I mean time of withdrawal that it's just amazing Tom versus Julia has really really uh, helped stardom ever since they they came back and, and the death of of Hana and the the retirement of Elisa and all the, all the shitstorm that they've been, been through but that'll be for another day that we can talk about it uh, for now uh, remember to like and subscribe to anywhere where you can find this podcast. Go to therestingrevolution.com if you want to read any of the reviews that we talked about um, with far more details and actual ratings. And you can go to the Twitters and follow DW Revolution for all the trash tag and, repl- and retweets that I do <laughs> on a weekly basis. So... Without further ado, au revoir, mon amis.